1: We're good. Let's go. Let's do this.
0: Okay, well, shall I start then with the questions
1: post? Yeah, I feel like we've got quite a lot to get through on that. Yes.
0: Yes. Emma's in Texas, everyone. Emma, come on. Howdy. (laughs) Yeah. It's great. Here we go. Oh, this is a long one. Let's do it. And. Hi guys. I hope you have the lovely sunshine where, sorry, let me start from the beginning. That was like an Emma quality reading.
1: (laughs) I mean, very true.
0: Yeah. Okay. Hi guys. Hope you have lovely sunshine. We do here in Lincolnshire. I've just done my third workout of the week. Big fanfare as I've never managed to do that before. Well done. However, I was really struggling with a couple of the activities. Can you advise me please? One, bicycle crunches. I'm like some sort of demented T-Rex doing these. <laughs> all my excess flesh and boobs and chest and neck and oxters, brackets, underarms come together and they all try and strangle me. <laughs> do I just keep going and hope to see improvement or can I do something about it? Um, I mean, keep going and you'll get better. Um, but if you want to swap out bicycle crunches for a slightly easier, um, ab exercise, I'm fine for you to do a plank just to exhaust. So you can't, it's an isometric hold. You can't hold it anymore. Um, or something really simple, like partial crunches. Um, you don't have to do bicycle crunches, but Emma and I do like it when you guys are struggling with an exercise, if you persist and get really good at it, because when you do like
1: it when you struggle, so
0: (laughs) you're being strangled by your skin. (laughs) okay
1: we have spoken about this before but it can be much harder but it gets much easier initially when you have a lot of body fat to do certain exercises but the more that you do it the more that you diet the more that you get your activity in and you focus on losing a bit of body fat the easier these things become and Mm -hmm. kind of sometimes you have to push through the hard bit to then for it then to be easier kind of like doms in a shorter term situation actually you know, the first couple of times that you do workouts that you'll probably get pretty bad doms but the only way to work through bad doms is to keep doing the workouts like if you stop doing the workouts then you'll always have that response to exercise
0: i did 10 kg rdl just then and my hamstrings today are on fucking fire but i love it um okay so okay yeah I want you to try and perfect it, but if you'd like to swap it out for something easy, like a plank, do. Then she says three, four sit-ups. Emma, this is my workout, so I'll just talk her through it. Yep. I can only get to my to- top of my shoulders off the floor. Should I persist or should I do something about it? You can swap them for just like, I like I say, partial sit-ups, AKA crunches. Um, just do, basically try and do an easier version of the exercise if you want. But again, we do want you to get better and progress. Um, but yeah, you can swap them out for something easier until that happens. And then she says, I should say after two sets, I thought I couldn't go on, but three, four and five were much better. Yeah, see a lot of it. And this is a really cliche, overused kind of term and meme, but it's true. Like your brain will give up long before your body will. So try and kind of be. What's the word I'm looking for? Kind of uh, go into like automatic mode. What's the word I'm looking for? (laughs) Strong minded
1: whatever (laughs) whatever get it done Uh,
0: basically try and tune out and and do it and and try and like if you can try and find a way to enjoy the challenge I know it's a lot easier said than done but really try and find a way to like push yourself and get a kick out of it and if you do manage to do that you will actually genuinely enjoy it more when it's all over you'll be like wow I fucking lost that and it's a much better feeling um I struggle with getting off the floor I am 115 kg amazing but I pulled up my big girl pants and each round went better. Thank you. Well, so this is amazing. First of all, you know, the fact that you're doing the workouts and you're giving it your all, is just hugely commendable because if you are slightly heavier, you are going to find the workouts much harder. Um, And that can apply to anyone like from 75 kgs up, like it's, they are more difficult, the less that you've done them and the more that you weigh. So you should be really, really proud of yourself for doing that. And as Emma always says, and I'd like to remind you and that, you are going to see huge improvements, like huge progress in a really short space of time. So you have that to look forward to. And it is harder. So fucking A, well done you. Pat yourself on the back.
1: Yeah, there are a few people who, we get this most around to like oh, I'm worried that I'm too big to do the EC method or I've got too much body fat left to lose. And actually you're the people that probably want to help the most. And you're the people that are going to see the most benefit in terms of your health from some of the changes that you're going to make like you're absolutely never too big it really doesn't matter what your starting point is it's where you're going that we care about and it's the actions that you can take and we're looking at the next step like if someone else is doing five workouts a week and you can only manage two that doesn't mean that you're a failure by any stretch or if you can only manage 3,000 steps a day and someone else is doing 10,000 steps if that's more than what you've been doing previously it's still a huge step in the right direction. So don't be put off by how far you have to go. Just try and focus on like, what's the next step I can take? Um, Someone's just asked here. Oh, it's Anne. She's here. Hi, hi, Anne. Hi, Anne Jolly. She actually seems very jolly as well, which I love. Uh, She says, thanks, Chloe and Emma. Yes, I was so chuffed to get it done and was spurred on to be on time for the live today. Oh,
0: great. And here you are. Well, like you have a really lovely outlook. I really like that. Yeah, we're, really- we're
1: loving the vibe, even by message.
0: The positivity, because I am a negative Nancy. I, I need to be around people like this.
1: Oh, no, I've done yeah. something. All right, OK. Um, there is also a question here. Will we have DOMS forever? No, the main thing that causes DOMS is new exercise, so a new stimulus that your body isn't used to. So this first week or the first two weeks, maybe, you might be quite sore. I wouldn't expect people to have really bad DOMS after that unless we change your programming. So maybe at week four, if you're on the gym program anyway, you might get DOMS again because of slightly different exercises and stretching your body in a slightly different way. One of the things that stops people exercising is they'll go to the gym once and they'll be so sore that they're like, I'm never doing that again. That was horrible for the next few days. And what they don't realize is that actually the next time they go, it'll probably be half as sore. And the next time after that, it'll be half as sore as that then the next time after that like actually you don't really get that much DOMS so push through the DOMS it definitely won't last forever and it's probably the worst that you will ever feel it right now
0: yeah and also the question like oh you know are DOMS a good sign of a good workout the answer is yes and no no not necessarily as Emma says it just means there's a new stimulus on the muscle but then you know also yes you put a new stimulus on the muscle that's great like that's exactly what we want um we want that adaptation to occur so there is an element of looking at it and being like okay this is a positive thing um I like it because I know it means I've, I've worked works properly and again that's it you know that that sentence can be up for debate because just because you have done it doesn't mean you worked out properly but still you mm. know what I'm trying to
1: say you know what I'm trying to say <laughs> No, I'm saying, guys, my what I'm saying is it's not always DOMS, but sometimes it's DOMS. (laughs) Okay. Deborah hi love hi there, lovelies. I'm going I'm doing the home weights workouts. Okay, this one's for you. Can you tell me what the difference is between sumo squats and sumo deadlifts? They come one after the other in the lower body workout, but I feel like I'm just doing the same move. I use dumbbells, not barbell.
0: Yeah, this is really common when people use dumbbells. I've had this question like three or four times. So a squat it starts at standing um, which is a concent- concentric on the muscle and then the actual movement itself um, uh, consists of you lowering your body which is eccentric because you're stretching out your muscles and that's where the real li- and then you push back up to standing and that's the lift itself so you go stand low stand right A deadlift is the exact reverse of that. You start in the eccentric, you start lower and the actual lift itself is up to standing from the floor, right? Now, the reason why people can get this confused with dumbbells is because it kind of changes your range of floor to standing. So what I suggest you do is, okay, I'm going to get up now. What I suggest you do is, so if you watch me really quickly. Okay, I can't really see, but I'm also just like (laughs) pulling out my like wedgie with my shorts. So if you've got a squat or a back squat, you go stand, you come down, you push up, right? Deadlift, you're starting down and you're standing up. So a good thing to do with a dumbbell is to have it um, vertical on the floor like that. You come down, feet either side of it, right? It's a hip pinch movement. So hips out, you grab it with your hands and you stand up and engage and come down. Remember, hip hinge up, come down. Whereas again, a squat, you stand and then you drop. Um So instead of using, sorry, just to clarify that with the deadlift with dumbbells, instead of using two dumbbells, use one vertical from the floor up. And when you do that, then the movement should make a lot more sense to you as opposed to just holding them and moving, which I get the confusion.
1: Yeah, I think with a deadlift as well, the whole reason it's called a deadlift is because it comes from a dead stop. And a lot of people, I guess it is quite a similar movement if you're just doing, if you're not doing that, if that makes sense, if you're not kind of pausing, resetting yourself. And then standing up again, and it's the pull movement. You'll probably find you can deadlift when we're talking about those situations of dumbbell deadlift versus squats. You can probably deadlift a lot more than you can squat. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, Helen, hi, both. Is there much difference between walking and running in terms of fat loss? I guess 10 minutes of running would use more energy than 10 minutes of walking, but I've read something about walking being more effective for fat loss due to how oxygen is used. So, no, if you have. 10 minutes for which you want to expend the most energy and have the biggest impact on fat loss 100 percent, the higher intensity of exercise you can maintain for those 10 minutes will burn more calories and thus would contribute more potentially all other things being the same to your fat loss mm. if you ran for example the same distance as you walk so let's say it was five miles each running five miles versus walking five miles there's less difference between them because obviously walking five miles will take you longer. Mm -hmm. Running five miles, you will probably burn slightly more calories, but not that much more. And you'll probably burn a bit more because running is less efficient than walking. So you're pushed into anaerobic metabolism a little bit and you're working a little bit of a higher intensity, which means that after you finish running, there'll be this bit of an oxygen debt to repay, which means that you expend a little bit more energy. And then you've got the benefit of improving your fitness as well. The negative side of it potentially is that with walking, you can kind of put it into your life, right? You're like, I'm going to walk to dinner instead of get get a cab or something. You're probably not going to be like, I'm going to run to dinner, or like, doesn't really like. Then you get there all sweaty and blah blah blah. So <laughs> it, <laughs> it's an easier way to make your life more active. Yeah. But yeah, if you had. 10 minutes to and you were like how do i make the most out of this 10 minutes should i walk or run 100% like running will contribute more to energy expenditure than walking well for a given period of time
0: yeah and we we touched on kind of that oxidation the net calorie balance at the end of the week the latter being more effective for fat loss than the former so don't get too bogged down in now i'm in the fat burning zone mm. cuz that's not something
1: we care about. Okay, definitely. Hi. <laughs> the grads legs work out. Please can I ask a couple of questions? One, is there any graceful way to mount the lying hamstring car machine? <laughs> um not really, no. <laughs> I mean no. No. I mean no. Um two, is it normal to get a bit of backache after stiff leg dumbbell deadlifts? It doesn't hurt, but I'm definitely aching in my lower back and perhaps it's just because I'm a bit weak there and in my core. I've tried to focus on form and I'm not going too heavy as I always feel like a bit weak in my lower back doing deadlifts. But shall I just see how I get on? It would be so good if we could see a video of that. Um, Because it's not abnormal. Like you are using your back a little bit, but aching to me doesn't really sound so much like muscle stimulation. And although it might not be quote unquote sore at the moment like if you keep doing that it might be so if you could post a video that would be amazing
0: yeah and and really um really engage your laps when you're doing that stiff leg deadlift obviously it should be it's a posterior um, hip hinge movement so your hamstrings your glutes predominantly your hamstrings and and your back will be working so as Emma said it's not necessarily wrong that you're feeling it in your lower back but it would indicate to me that you're not really engaging your lats well enough and that will protect your lower back
1: mm-hmm. or sometimes you kind of round your lower back a little bit often yeah. people go down too far on sit leg deadlifts like you actually don't need to go just below your knees it's normally enough especially if you're pushing your hips back So yeah. that'd be something just to have a little look at
0: once you feel that pull you're good You yeah. don't need, you don't need to go beyond that
1: Kerry's just saying, petition for Chloe to replace the my PT Hub demonstration videos accompanying com- commentary too.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it's like my, when I, you know, it's fine. I need to stop talking is what I need to fucking do. <laughs> right, I talk yeah. really too much on on this. People know all my secrets.
1: Well, <laughs> do you know what? We've had loads of comments of people just being like, that's so, that makes so much sense now. I didn't know the difference between the two. Yes, that makes so much sense. Thank you so much. Blah, blah, blah. Oh,
0: good. Yeah, see? See? It's worth no? it. Yeah. Getting up and pulling my front wedgie out.
1: <laughs> Jenny, hi lovely, hi lovely, lovely ladies. That's us clearly. Would be interested in your view on this. I have a 14, I have 14-year-old triplets. Oh, two boys and a girl. The boys are very sport focused and play loads of team sports and have started to work out at the gym. This is praised and encouraged and generally seen as good. My daughter, who is not sporty, has just started becoming aware that she is bigger than her friends and so started doing some running and becoming conscious of her food choices everyone has said oh sorry Mm -hmm. everyone has said it's a (laughs) sorry when anyone comments below then the whole thing moves um everyone has said it's a red flag and to watch her for starting eating disorder it seems to be judged in society so differently which seems unfair but i am also conscious that seeing me me weigh my food etc is not necessarily a good thing for her any advice on how to navigate this thank you
0: that's such an interesting perspective that i don't think anyone's ever put to us before and you know (laughs) The answer is we don't know yet. You don't know yet. And and you know, as much as you know, you as her mother might be like, I need to figure this out now, or we we as coaches, it's like, we should know. We don't know yet. Is there anything wrong with your daughter realizing that she's not particularly, you know, active or nutritionally kind of healthy and aware and trying to amend that? No, that's fantastic. And I think all men and women get to that point where, okay, I actually have to take care of my body here. I remember it vividly when it happened to me and, and then making a choice, am I gonna do it or am I not? Um, and I've never ever had struggled with an eating disorder. I know that Emma hasn't either. That doesn't mean that we've always gone about things the healthiest of ways, but certainly not bad enough to diagnose us with any kind of disordered um, issues around food um so it's not fair to just tar her with that brush however is it fair to say that a lot of young women do fall into this um pit yes it is so you do need to monitor it and the best thing you can do is educate her on having a fit healthy body instead of or as opposed to losing weight losing body fat being, you know, being a certain size or whatever, becoming skinnier, looking great, you know, it's probably a better idea to talk and focus more on fitness, strength, health, all the brilliant things about it, and then allow the weight loss and the fat loss and whatever to come as a byproduct of that without you ever mentioning
1: that kind of thing, would be my advice. It is interesting. Because obviously the way this is put forward, like, oh, it's different for women, blah, 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 as it, as it is for your sons. But I guess the difference is it sounds from what you've said, like they love team sport and they want to go to the gym. Mm. Whereas she's she has a slightly different intent towards it. So like she's started running because she's worried that she's overweight and has started manipulating her food, not because she loves sport and enjoys sport, but because she's worried about her weight. So I think the intent of these actions is different. And I think the intent is what potentially for some people is the issue. There are yeah. people who get up every single morning and run, I don't know, whatever, five miles And the intent behind that is, I love getting up in the morning, running five miles. It makes me feel great. And for the rest of the day, I feel great. Cool. There are people who do that because they need to earn their breakfast. And if they don't do that, they feel like they can't eat their breakfast. Same action, different intent. So, and, And this is what's hard. Like you can't, like you're saying in this, like it's judged so differently. You can't judge someone on behaviors because the behaviors aren't the problem. It's the intent behind the behaviors that cause the problem. So I would kind of speak to her and make sure exactly what Chloe's saying, that she's doing it because she wants to be fit and healthy and feel her body well and maybe that part of that is saying healthy weight but it shouldn't be like the sole intent of it yeah then I worry as well like this is a guess on like a more broad ski uh level is that the way like our food environment is now and the way that our general environment is now like being in Texas like nobody walks anywhere like the like obviously you just get cabs everywhere and stuff but I've also not seen any children, which is very strange. Like I've seen numerous schools, but no children. But then I think they're probably all in cars and stuff like what? They were not on the street, like viewable. So I guess like my point is you're exercising way less or moving way less, way less activity in general. And then such highly palatable foods everywhere, which is such a big part of literally every culture in the world is food. Mm -hmm. And in the UK, so much of that isn't particularly the healthiest food, or at least it's very calorie dense foods. And I worry at some point, like, it's going to just be ridiculously hard to just say to kids or anyone, like, just eat relatively sensibly and you'll be fine. like And you won't need to worry about your weight. Like people, I don't know if it's going to get to the point that like you kind of have to be conscious of energy balance in order to stay a healthy weight or whether we are kind of already there as much as some people like to turn a blind eye to it or say that you can just eat intuitively and you'll be absolutely fine.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. You know, at what point, it's like sex education with kids. Nobody really wants to do it. It doesn't feel super appropriate to, you know, beings that aren't sexual yet and you really don't want to be the first yeah. person to introduce that to them. But, you know, a society would suggest that the sooner that you kind of crack that nut, the better and it's the same with this kind of thing it's a really uncomfortable topic to talk to children or young people about you don't want to be the person to bring it to their door but then what's the alternative you know that they discover it you know they go the hard way around they go the long way around um it's really really tricky and I don't think there's any right answers and I think it's kind of each to their own as a parent would you rather have this conversation with her would you rather sit back and wait and see what happens it's tricky there are definitely um uh dietitians out there who specialize in this kind of thing you know approaching these topics with teenagers before it becomes an issue um maybe
1: that. But then that, i'm like it, it's hard isn't it because it's a balance because then you're like w- at what point does that become a self-fulfilling prophecy like if you were like to to your daughter, like it. don't ever think about the foods that you'll eat or you know like you shouldn't be doing this because this might happen and then that is almost like fear-mongering and then it's like well what do i do if i'm like if I'm heavier than I want to be but you're telling me I can't diet because I'll get an eating disorder and I sh- yeah like it's it's hard it's I guess hard. I guess at 14 you do have a relatively large impact on the foods that she eats at least at home so that's something that you can certainly help with in regards to just like what's available in the house and what's the easier, like the environment the food environment at home is something that you can dictate to a large extent
0: yeah but then you know you don't want to go too far in controlling what her food intake is because that's the shit show you don't need that is a check in the post yeah no
1: I certainly don't mean that I just mean like what's the easiest thing to grab oh there's always fresh fruit as opposed to like there's always like crisps on the counter like yeah don't I'm not saying don't have them but like put those in the cupboard and have like the foods that you want people to go for there right in front of her you know what? Like, we're
0: definitely not like the the qual the most qualified people in the world to be having this conversation. Not least, definitely not. But I personally would would I if you know what if it were me and this is my personal kind of thought on it. Although again, I'm not even in this situation. but Bodhi doesn't understand what hello means. So, um but I think just I think if it were me, I would probably have a conversation about health and fitness. Now, look, I noticed that you're you're running. I've noticed that you're guys think she's 14 she's going to grasp what Emma's saying about intent um being the sticking point and being like I want you to do this and I want to do it with you but we're going to do it the right way you're not going to be one of those girls that falls into this you know kind of all or nothing mentality because it could go either way you know we're not going to do that um we're going to do it properly and we're going to set you up properly for the future and that's what I would do personally but again (laughs) that's me and not you know not everyone's the same
1: Okay, Ollie. Hi, I'm on holiday until Wednesday and sleeping at night. But oh, it's Ollie's
0: birthday. And I told him we'd sing happy what, birthday.
1: But today? Today. You're going to sing him
0: happy birthday? We. We.
1: <laughs> you're going to sing. <laughs> should when? I get music on?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I love how you acted like you weren't into it. And then you're like, I'm, <laughs> I'm,
1: like I'm not really into it. But should we have backing <laughs> vocals? Should you know what would be great, like a... Uh, Where would I find it? YouTube birthday.
0: Yeah, it's from Happy Birthday Instrumental. (laughs) Don't swearing Um, it's not yet, we're already ready. This is like the JoJo episode.
1: Okay, well, oh, that was right. Okay, I I hope you enjoyed that, Ollie, happy birthday. How old is Ollie? Oh, no, wait, I've just seen that on Instagram. I
0: can't you remember. Sing. I'm going to sing. Okay, go. Happy birthday to you.
1: Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you, Ollie. Happy, Happy
0: birthday, birthday to you.
1: Um. Anyway, he says, I'm on holiday until Wednesday and sleeping at night. But I normally do night shift. Should I weigh myself as soon as I wake up? and before eating regardless of what time I sleep yeah yeah it doesn't really matter if it's just a week as well and remember this is all data like there'll be slight fluctuations but there's nothing you can do about that so I would do.
0: say if you've had a huge shift in anything in life but especially you know your working hours your weight for the week is going to be completely fucking blown out of the water and weird and spread it anyway so I personally would just leave it till you're back back on like a nice even keel
1: agree okay deborah three things that have happened to me today oh i like this one i found a vegan Kit Kat in my local asda it's around 53 calories per stick two i found a fiver on the pavement outside starbucks that That happened to me yesterday i found a fiver on the pavement and i was like ah carry on i spent 11 pounds on three items in a local charity shop what a great start to the weekend oh what did you buy in the charity shop
0: thank you that was my question um stephanie
1: glad it's not just me being less than grateful uh oh right and sorry and then she's saying and i knew that you would ask for a video i'll get one up early this uh oh less than graceful yeah onto the hamstring machine okay canchan one of chloe's best traits is her ability to say what she thinks with without worrying about upsetting the status quo <laughs>
0: I, <laughs> I, love the support. I love the support as well from our lot under my post yesterday basically it was like fuck them all do what you want to do I was like yes you see method.
1: yeah <laughs> right okay so interesting to consider the other day Miles asked me mommy why are you weighing your food and I said so I know how much food I'm having without mentioning why he just said cool yeah I mean it is funny that, like I think we pathologize a lot of these things like oh my god if your kids see you weighing food then that's the worst thing in the world but it depends why like it's the intent isn't it Because yeah. like if you were weighing food to put in a cake you're like well we need to know how much eggs compared to flour we need in this cake so we have to weigh the flour out like you wouldn't be like oh that's the worst thing in the world and actually that like just being quite practical about it like why are you weighing food Mum? oh so that i know how much i'm having yeah <laughs> makes sense cool very good
0: yeah. on the spot i would have been like ah, um ah. ah. <laughs>
1: Ollie's like that boy will go places (laughs) yeah insightful um Jenny hello both I'm wondering how necessary it is to weigh and track salad the leafy bits no babe and veggies as they're they're generally low in calories and good for us to eat lots of or or could this lead unintentionally to going over calories just guesstimate it like do not put salad leaves on A weighing thing just look at the back of the pack and it'll probably say half this pack is roughly x amount or just like guesstimate i'd say like salad leaves are going to be what like 20 odd calories for half a bag or something
0: i would say five calories for a bowl of uncooked salad like you know if we're talking about spinach we'll leave that as a different thing like it's not yeah it's negligible but yeah it's nice to have like just it roughly thrown in there without without overly thinking or caring about it uh
1: okay jenny super helpful thank you that is a massive problem with less walking and food availability i agree just keen to get that messaging correct so it helps and doesn't hinder and she says um I don't know what that's in relation to but I do yes but she questions why I'm not feeding her the same as her very very active brothers
0: well yeah this is what I mean I mean if I ate the same as James I'd be the size of a fucking house <laughs> like, you can't, I can't like you just learn this is an adult you can't it doesn't apply just because I mean not- I
1: think you take the miles approach which is like cool your, your brothers are expend more energy and they're bigger people
0: if they're sporty you just say they've got training they've got a game they're doing you know that's why but you know it's they're they're a different size they're bigger they need more food you know it's there is there is a practical kind of pragmatic approach to having this conversation that doesn't necessarily have to lead to any kind of hairy questions Mm. okay we're up to date here okay oh i'm so hungry Okay Kylie Guy Hi guys Hi Kylie Guy <laughs> Just started taking creatine and my weight is fluctuating more Everything else is the same and I'm hitting all my steps And calories is this normal thank you And then Joe Short has commented underneath it This is what I'm dreading I started taking it yesterday Okay um, I'm going to have a bit of a rant now so, yeah, that, was,
1: that, that just spurred <laughs> one in me as well
0: I know Okay so Yes, it is normal. Um, Creatine, one of the roles of creatine is to hydrate muscle cells. So what that means is your muscle bellies will be more full of water and you will therefore weigh more. So it's part of it. And the same goes to all the tissue cells. Um, So accept it and get on with it. It's not body fat. What you weigh and what your body composition is are not necessarily going to be reflective of each other. You have to let the attachment to the scales being the uh being the, the marker that you go by real body composition go they're not they're absolutely not and the idea that you would dread the scales going up because you're taking something which is going to improve markedly improve your body composition is a huge problem and we need to look at that like we need to address that right now. Would we talk about this all the time this is an analogy we give all the time would you rather that you lose five kg, right? But you look exactly the same as you did when you started, rather than you stay the exact same weight, but your body looks completely different because that can and does frequently happen. It you have to get your head right, Ree. Where are your results actually going to be quantified? On the scales or in how you look, how you feel? Um, how your how body confident you are what you're able to wear how you're able to feel in your own skin and performance in the gym how do you feel when you're training do you feel like a fucking badass or are you having a shit time of it like the the scales are not the right marker of progress so the idea that any of you would be dreading taking something that would make your body composition better because the scales are going to go up is really fucking backwards and i really need you all to take that in sorry yeah. that i didn't articulate that very well <laughs>
1: No, I think you did. Like, I think you, you have to be more logical about this. Like it's the exact same as weighing yourself in the morning and then getting a, a bottle of water. What's this like? Oh, they do it in ounces here, which means nothing to me. But Like, let's say then you drink half a litre of water. You're going to weigh almost a pound more on the scales obviously it's not body fat the exact same thing is happening with creatine and when people are like yeah I would take it and I really want the benefits and I'm really interested in building muscle and I really want the strength improvements oh and I know I've heard that it might help cognitively as well it's probably a really good thing to take but I'm not going to take it because I might weigh literally probably no more than two pounds more than you weigh and probably look better as well but anyway besides the point like it's just such a poor reason to do that and this is again where like writing these things out or working through those thoughts is so so helpful okay like why do I want to take it because I'm worried about weighing more why is weight anything like literally only you care what you weigh nobody else nobody else can tell that you weigh one or two pounds more and it just has so many benefits and then if you don't want to take it don't take it but for that reason it just seems completely nonsensical to me and if anything it's a really good way of kind of pushing yourself to like not be so fixated on the scales like actually it's quite a good test for yourself like often when we would encourage you to say eat a piece of chocolate and prove to yourself that you can eat half a bar of chocolate and then put the rest away we actually want you to be able to do that like this would be a good test for your relationship on the scales and I will say that some people put on quite a lot of well quite a lot still only a couple of pounds but a couple of pounds of water retention with creatine, and some people don't put on very much, and that's partly to do with how little creatine stores you start with and yeah. how much muscle mass you have to store creatine as well. Yeah, um, I didn't, the, and I guess this is a good point. I don't weigh myself, and when I started taking creatine, I noticed absolutely no difference. So, in the real world, difference you will notice nothing. Another thing that has come up more recently, re creatine is people saying to me that like, I started taking it, but I don't see any difference. Yeah. think of it like taking a vitamin do you actually th- does taking your multivitamin actually physically make you feel different like within the next couple of days no like you, it, it's the similar thing like you're probably not gonna feel the difference short term you might you might notice that you feel a little bit stronger but to be honest most people don't really feel that that we know the mechanics of how that works or the science behind why this would work and long term that's sort of the improvements that you're looking for but because you can't directly control you with creatine versus you without creatine. It's very hard to tell like the impact of it.
0: I would I, I have wanted to write a post on Instagram for a couple of weeks now and I'm not going to do it because what will happen is if somebody will take out a sentence and use it as like, you know, I don't know, clickbait and it'll make me look like a dick. So I'm not going to write the post. But I'll talk about it here because I think it's really relevant, especially in, this, especially in this case. Before I got pregnant, I was 63 kg and I was in pretty good aesthetic shape. I, I wasn't particularly lean, but I looked like I trained and I was very happy in my body and my clothes and I was doing great. Since having Bodhi in the last couple of weeks, I now weigh one to two kgs less than I did before I was pregnant. So I'm now coming out at about six, somewhere in the region of kind of 60 to 61-ish kgs, right? And I look completely different naked and not in a good way. And it's fine. It's absolutely fine. Like it, it doesn't bother me. I've just had a baby. So I just want to preface this. But I'm also realistic about what I do for a living. The fact I the fact that I love body training. I love body, a good body composition. I work hard for it. I look like I've never trained a day in my life. Um, I look more wobbly, not just on my stomach, but everywhere. I have more cellulite and I look less in shape. Now, this, these are all fine. This is part and parcel of having a baby, it's fine. But I look a lot worse and I weigh a lot less. Now, the reason I don't want to put this on Instagram is because somebody somewhere, namely The Daily Mail Online, will be like, Chloe Madeley says she weighs less more than she did before she was trained. And then everyone will be like, what a fucking bitch. And I look like a complete knob. And they completely miss the crux of what I'm saying. But this is what I'm talking about. The scales are not a good marker of progress, re how you and also by the way, I'm a lot weaker and it sucks. Like it fucking, I've lost a lot of my body strength and it's awful. The scales are not a good marker of how you feel, how fit, healthy, active you are, or how you look. So we have to let this attachment to the scales go. And I'm and we talked about this in, in one of the last ones that we did. It's absolutely fine that you guys are hung up on the, sorry, that was presumptuous, if any of you are hung up on the scales now, because that's how we've been conditioned as women. And Emma and I accept that as coaches and we're forgiving. If you are still hung up on the scales after we've had this talk, which I'm sure we will, ad nauseum by the end of the eight weeks, you have got some work to do. You have to go away and actually challenge your intelligence, challenge your perception of things, and challenge how, how, what your marker of success is, because this is not something which I want to carry on for any of you by the end by the next in
1: the next eight weeks I agree this I've got a diagram to show you oh that's so very weird right well I also think so then I think that people like hear that they there is still I would say I probably still think about this sometimes like if I weighed myself and I was like I don't weigh myself ever now so it's probably irrelevant and actually that would have no like impact on me now but there is still still sometimes like, even if you know, realistically, I can't have put on three pounds of fat overnight, but when the scale drops up three pounds, you're like, there's still like a thought there, right? That doesn't mean you have a poor relationship with the scale, but it's how much weight you put on that thought and how much it impacts you for the rest of the day. If you have that thought and then five minutes later, you're like, okay, well, I've rationalized it, I'm moving on with my day. Fine. It's totally normal for you to still to kind of, that to still be like a little bit triggering. That's normal. But for it to then impact your day and impact your behaviors throughout the day and ruin your mood for the whole day, that's what we want to avoid. So I kind of see it like this as, oh, there's so many pens in this place. But like if this was your brain before and like that's how much space it took up, like your that's a problem. But This is where you want to get to. Like realistically, this is true for so many things. There was a post on the EC method yesterday about kind of feeling guilty about foods and the truth is, like, as much as i have got, got the most amazing relationship with food, everyone sometimes feels a bit guilty about overeating. Like, it, it's like, quite rare to never feel that way, even though we know that, like, overeating isn't something we f- should feel guilty about. Now, there's a huge spectrum. Like, I feel a little bit guilty about overeating, and then I literally get over it 10 minutes later and I move on with my life. Cool. Yeah. And then there's, and then it impacts the rest of my day, and it's all I can think about, and I beat myself up about it. And then you usually end up either over restricting or thinking, "Fuck it, I can't be bothered at all," and over indulging, yeah. and it takes up a huge amount of your brain energy. That's the, That's where we want to get you from. But I think some people think that like they've failed or they they haven't gotten over it if they still have any sort of negative feelings whatsoever. And I think that's just like inevitable no. gonna- part of yeah like it, it of course those feelings will come but you learn to kind of just let them float by and move on with your life as opposed to yeah. ruminating on them
0: but that's it and it works in reverse I was livid when I see, when I saw the scales have dropped to that extent because I know what that means that means I've lost muscle muscle that I've spent years fucking building I was livid and again this is the exact same in the reverse I was like hang on a minute stop I've just had a baby like this is ridiculous so I so it works both ways you know you you have to catch yourself and you have to treat yourself like the intelligent respectable adult that you are and be like no I know but it's okay I forgive myself for feeling that but as Emma said now I'm going to move on with my day because I know better mm-hmm. um and, and if you and if you still aren't practicing that and that's what I mean it's not it's not the instinctive reaction but if you still aren't practicing that by the end of this round
1: I'm sorry but you didn't you didn't do the work that you should have done. Mm. Yeah and that's where things like journaling come in really really useful and the thing is there will be some people with this more ingrained and potentially need to go to therapy and and do the work there as well but this the same is true with therapy like people aren't I saw a diagram that was similar to that re-trauma right and it was like trauma take up a huge amount of your brain and then like trauma take a very small amount of your brain after you've done the work after you've done therapy it doesn't mean that you'll never have yeah like those thoughts ever again it's just that they don't impact you in the same way. And that's where we want to get you to. Yep. Okay, Katie. Hey ladies, great first week so far. I've gone from 62 kilograms to 60 kilograms on 2,200 calories. I have really enjoyed the extra calories and feel great with my workouts. I'm competing in high rocks this weekend and I'm feeling really great at myself. Thank you so much for being so supportive. Good luck, Katie, and let us know how you do. I what is that. high rocks exactly?
0: I don't know. All I had was hard work. No Don't worry, bread.
1: babe, I'll tell you.
0: I'm so hungry. I can't stop thinking about cheeseburgers.
1: Oh, it's like eight in the morning here. So I'm like, why would you want a cheeseburger? Why?
0: All I've had to eat is a piece of toast. And I need to go fuel myself.
1: Okay. It's a race all around the world. No, surely not. But maybe like... a okay, like do a 1K run... And then, you, oh my God, right. Are you ready to hear this? Okay, let's go. 1K run, a 1,000 metre ski erg. Then a 1K run, a 50 metre sled push. Then a 1K run, then a 50 metre sled pull. Then a 1K run, an 80 metre burpee board jumps. Oh. <laughs> then guess what, babe? A 1K run. <laughs> <laughs> and then a 1,000 metres of rowing. And then a 1K run. 200 metre farmer carry, a 1K run. 100 metre sandbag lunges, a 1K run. A
0: 200 metre farmer carry, 200 metres.
1: Fuck off. After all that. And then wall balls. Wow. I mean, vile. That sounds absolutely horrendous.
0: Have fun though. Have fun, babe. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll support
1: you from the sidelines. Good
0: luck. Oh, so my brother today is walking thirty miles, just a walk, not anything crazy, but walking thirty miles for charity. And he went to the he, he worked in talent management, so he went to the national TV awards last night and didn't get home till four thirty in the morning. I'm like, good luck, have fun. Oh <laughs> my god, that not the worst hell you could ever imagine.
1: <sighs> oh god. Um. Okay. Quick question. I'm doing four gym workouts, sorry, I'm doing four workouts per week plus a 5k light run on the other two days, which leaves me one day for rest. I do my light runs for fun because I absolutely love it and I treat it as time where I can listen to your podcasts, or sometimes, or something enlightening. I thought that I said, or sometimes something enlightening, not like, a, <laughs> uh, and, it makes me feel, and it makes me feel great. Is this okay? Yeah, that's amazing. Great. Yeah, I love that. Um christine should we start taking creatine straight away wait i've only just joined the ec method yes yes um laura which is the best to get there's so much choice out there creatine monohydrate all the different honestly just go to either my protein or bulk powders is probably the most basic but basic creatine monohydrate is the best it doesn't really matter where you get it from because that shouldn't really have any anything else in it Um, and I would recommend the powder not the pills because the pills are large Kelly I've lost three kilograms so far and I've noticed that that it's actually my mouth that's hungry (laughs) most of the time and not actually real hunger from my stomach it's hard not to satisfy that that's interesting a very good observation I'm impressed with the self-awareness
0: go back a few episodes and find the episode where we, uh, entitled, I don't, can't remember the exact title, but it's psychological, the physiological hunger. They're two very different types of hunger. Um, and it's great that you've already learned to distinguish between the two because a lot of people, you know, are still working on that. Um, and we talk about how to tackle both of them because, you know, just because it's psychological, it doesn't mean that it's not indicative of something physiological. So for example, if you've cut out all your favorite foods and you know all of a sudden you find that you're really and you're and also when when your fat loss really starts to take shape you might just start salivating at the thought of chocolate and that's psychological hunger but it's also indicative that maybe we need to bring that back in because that's just a ticking time bomb sorry um that's just a ticking time bomb and uh physiological hunger obviously would be indicative of your tummy rumbling feeling maybe a little bit hyperglycemic and that would be a sign that actually you're not eating enough and we need to fuel you better
1: Mm -hmm. yeah I think the the mouth thing especially is interesting and I so I think when I feel like that it's normally more to do with dehydration
0: oh yeah because I've noticed
1: it way more since being here because it's so hot and I'm so sweaty and I'm like oh I really want to eat something but actually normally it's just I'm thirsty but is it, really is it
0: really hot there oh you said it was 30 didn't you
1: yeah it's really hot
0: what's the date we're in late or o- uh, october
1: <laughs> yeah october mid-october okay. um so i do think making sure you're hydrated and also if you're like it is kind of like boredom um hunger isn't it or like eating for boredom reasons because you're just like i just kind of want something in my mouth Um, <laughs> uh, so maybe like drinking more even like flavored water might be quite nice juices like uh maybe diluting kind of juice because it doesn't have as many calories in it um yeah squash that's it okay um ollie love the honesty chloe and your attitude to the changes in your body embrace the change and appreciate that you've made an incredible human
0: oh Ollie's been making me go oh like every day
1: (laughs) right Farah. I think the scales ramp was great but why are we encouraged to weigh every day surely that gets us more hung up on the scale weight I think it depends on the weight like it's a it's a very good question right the scale weight is actually a pretty good predictor long term over time of changes in your body fat which is why we use it now, trust me, if it wasn't, we wouldn't be using it or, or same with these like body fat percentage scales. Trust me, if we could distinguish between body fat and water retention or food volume or muscle mass, like we would be getting you to do that already. They don't particularly accurately work. The reason actually that we get you to weigh every day is often to improve your relationship with the scale. So you see that, oh, I weigh two pounds heavier than I did yesterday, but my diet was exactly the same. Why am I putting so much emphasis on something that fluctuates so much? And actually what we're looking for is trends over time. Like we don't care about the daily fluctuations. I actually think it's really insightful and improves most people's relationship with scales to realize how much the scales fluctuate independently of any possibility of change in body composition. Once you truly get your head around that, then you take so much of the pressure that you put off on the scales off because you're like, this could fluctuate by so much I'm actually going to take my lowest weight each week and I'm going to start zooming out and kind of looking what's happening over two weeks, three weeks, four weeks and beyond, not what's happening day to day. And I do really think that that realization of the fluctuations day to day has, in fact, someone wrote that on the, in the group today.
0: Yeah. it about
1: How the fluctuation actually realizing that weighing yourself every day. And she was talking about how her previous coach had, had her do averages, but because, her weight fluctuates so much the average wasn't particularly useful and actually taking the lowest kind of removes some of that noise of fluctuations because some Mm. people fluctuate loads and other people don't and there's numerous reasons for that how much food volume you have it could be how often you go to the bathroom which like quote-unquote normal can be anywhere between once every two days and three to four times a day like that's a huge difference in frequency of like emptying your bowels effectively which will massively impact the your weight fluctuations so yeah. taking all that into account actually what we've found is the most accurate way of using a pretty inaccurate measure but becomes accurate over time or insightful over time is taking your lowest weight from the week
0: yeah, I mean, I echo everything Emma said. I totally understand why once we have that scale rant, you guys like, well, then why are you bitches making us away? Why does it matter if, if you're if you're saying that we very well might change our body composition and the scales might not budge much? Um, and it's just, it's an absolute fair question. Exactly what Emma said, when you've been doing this as long as we have, you find that pretty much 100% of new clients that come to you are weighing in once a week or once every couple of weeks, and they're using that as a marker of progress when... If they were to weigh in every day, they would see how completely erratic the scale is, that this is a ridiculous marker of progress, and the cells actually start to lose some of their power, which is great. Now, on the flip side of that, if we can take a lowest weekly weight and look at the trend over three to four weeks, we actually do get, as Emma said, a much better kind of medium to long-term marker of, are we making fat loss progress? However... This doesn't apply to everybody. If we have a very lean client, we have no reason really to have them weighing in every day. We might take a weigh in uh, kind of a different markers uh, every few kind of weeks or months. And what we're hoping for is to see it going in a good direction. Um, regaining muscle mass but that is a really long-term effect and actually what we'd rather go on with somebody like that is progress pictures if we can see progress pictures every kind of eight weeks at the end of each round we can see if they're slowly 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 starting to change their body composition Um, and as you say it's one marker of progress you know we talk about waist measurements thigh measurements and progress pictures and as online coaches who aren't with you who can't assess you you know every week we need as much fucking data as we can get our hands on. So we're going to take it regardless. Um, but it is it is a, a, good, a good question. And I think generally speaking, Emma, what would you say? I would say about 80 to 90% of our clients by doing this kind of daily weigh-ins feel like all of a sudden the, the light is shed on the scales and they realize how kind of inaccurate and erratic they are. And I would say for like 10 to 20% of clients, we will get the odd message, like actually it's really not working for me. And I'm still as obsessed now as I was then. And I don't want to do it anymore. In which case we'll go with a different marker of progress and we're fine to do that. So, yeah.
1: I think it's quite similar to understanding investing. So if, let's say you invested, I don't know, a thousand pounds in an index fund, like a general index fund, which kind of tracks the general market. You'll notice every day that that goes up and down. Now, you could look at it every day and be like, oh, my God, I've lost 200 pounds today. Or, oh, my God, I've gained 200 pounds today. Like, how amazing, right? And either of these might start to impact your emotions if you don't really understand what long-term investing is, right? And, like, general weight loss is, like, a long-term thing, right? You're hoping for trends over time. So you're looking at, actually, when you zoom out on investing in index funds, on average, it goes up about like 8% a year, right? But there will be some years where it's massively down probably this year. Like and this year, yeah. You, you can either you can either not fully understand what you're doing and why you're doing it, as in I've invested this for the long term. Like anyone who invests short-term in index funds, like that's quite risky, right? That'd be trading. But you yeah. might look at it every day and you could either freak out about that or you could be like, yeah, well, I'm going to leave it for five years. I know that there's trends up and down. If I look back over time, I know that on average, it goes a certain direction. So I'm not going to let that impact my mood. Now, if you're someone who really freaks out about those fluctuations, you might hopefully keep doing the work, i.e. keep doing all the things you know are going to make you lose weight or keep putting in whatever it is a month, hundred pounds a month that you're investing in this fund and not look at it because you don't actually want to see how low it is at the moment. Even though in that instance, like interestingly, the lower it is, if you're still investing in it kind of the better because you want to invest at a low point you could either not d- decide not to look at that or you could continue to look at it because if you really understand it you're not freaked out about the fact that you've lost or that you're you haven't lost but like your investment is down x amount yeah and i think that's it's quite similar to understanding the scales or to like how you you if you truly understand the scales how you should respond to that like it, especially short-term fluctuations on the scales like there is no possible way that short-term fluctuations can can be a change of body composition which is why when we get someone freak out after the weekend who's like oh my god I'm back to the way I started I've undone all of my hard work in just two days over the weekend I lost I don't know four pounds over the last couple of weeks and I've just put it all back on after the weekend we're like don't worry yeah people are kind of like what why why are you kind of almost I guess like it can be seen as like belittling my worry about this or like my anxiety about this but actually the reason we're not worried about that at all is because you cannot put on four pounds of fat over two days like it's unless you've gone like literally drinking or like eating sticks of butter for the whole weekend like it's almost impossible to do with any sort of like even vaguely sensible eating yeah so that's why we're not worried about that especially the short-term fluctuations if you came back to us and you're like yeah over the last four weeks i've put on four pounds we'd be like yeah that actually four weeks of overeating could be four weeks of body fat sorry four pounds of body fat but again
0: that would be the trend over the weeks it wouldn't be i weighed in one morning and i was four pounds up which we
1: don't care about and neither should you exactly um okay Right, we've got quite a lot to get through, so I'll whisper through. Right. Kanchan, I keep telling my friends not to compromise muscle mass to weigh lighter on scales. I will have no friends left soon. <laughs> yep. Um, uh, uh, now we're all think- thinking about cheeseburgers, thanks.
0: I know, it's fucking savage. I should have eaten. I don't know what I'm thinking.
1: <laughs> um... Are creatine tablets okay? Any difference? There's no difference. It's just a different way of taking them, but they do tend to be very large. So if you're not very good at swallowing, then (laughs) might be something to consider. Um, Question, are you heavier during your period or is this a myth? Or should I ask after anti-scales, or should I not ask after the anti-scales story? No, I think it's really important to understand how your menstrual cycle can impact the scale weight -hmm. Partly because you tend to be heaviest, and every woman is slightly different, and everyone's cycle is slightly different. And if you're on birth control, that also might be slightly different. However, most women weigh slightly more the week before their period. Now, there's two small peaks, but that would be like usually for most people, that's the biggest peak. It's also when you're premenstrual, it's also when your body image is worse, it's also when you're just generally more hormonal and less rational. So actually being able to understand that and you potentially might have poorer mood as well means that you're less likely to go off track. So if you didn't know that actually this is the the week of the month that I'm probably going to weigh the most or at least a few days of the month that I'm going to weigh the most and you've got such poor mood and you're less rational then it's very easy to give up on your diet whereas it's much easier if you know okay I know why I'm weighing more Thus, I can like I guess ignore that until it drops down again. And usually when you start bleeding is when your weight starts to drop a little bit again.
0: Yeah, everyone who's who's into this whole weight combo, please go and look at my posts where I put my in some of my Instagram posts up there, specifically the ones about the weighing scales. And the slide on menstrual cycle is um when estrogen and progesterone fluctuate, the tissue and tissues in your body will accumulate more water. Cramps as your uterus contracts and sheds its lining will also lead you to both feel and look more inflamed and bloated. Gas, constipation, and other gastrointestinal responses can also see the scale spike drastically. Did you gain three kgs of body fat in five days? No. Um, you know, it, it's it's the scales are over over t- and a marker of progress over time.
1: Yeah, I think it's probably the most important thing. To understand for a woman is that because when you're already feeling potentially quite low, and then you also put on weight, and then most of us crave pre-period as well. It's like this kind of combination, it's when most people are most likely to give up on their diets. I wish we had some kind of data on this of when people have weeks where they're like basically the week they think fuck it or whatever, what how often that actually ends up being the week before their period? I would say for women, it's probably quite likely. There must be data on that. There must be. Do you know, sometimes I wish that we'd collected more data because we've had, what did I say the other day? Over 5,000 people. 5, <sighs> I think, was it. I think. What great data we would have had if we tracked everyone's cycle. I also think it's a really useful thing to do to track your cycle so that you know... Because it's very easy to forget what week you're on or like not really. And then be of like, course. why am I so moody? Why do I, why do I have low motivation? Why am I craving so much? Why blah, blah, blah. And it's not that those feelings go away when you know that you're premenstrual, but they become a little bit easier to deal with because you're like, right, there's a reason for this. And I know it's going to pass. Like I just need to get through the next three to four days and then I should start feeling better. That's much more easy to deal with.
0: Yeah, and also that really applies to people who've changed contraception or come off contraception, I should say, specifically. It took me fucking months to realise what was going on. like so ridiculous because I just hadn't had to deal with it since I was 16. Um, so definitely pay attention.
1: Um, I was speaking to Chris, who I went to the, on the boat with, um, and he was talking about how he's having a guest on his podcast who has written a book about... Um hormonal contraception and her theory is that your whole attraction to people changes and she like I mean I don't know what this this claim like I don't know the I guess evidence behind this claim she was like I would have never married my first husband if I wasn't on birth control because, because it's her, her perception of like what she's attracted to is so different
0: when you think of hormonal fluctuations how much it changes your mood day to day if you were to meet who would end up being the love of your life one day when you want to kill everybody especially men well no you wouldn't end up with them but i think it's more about hormonal f- fluctuations rather than what contraception you're on i mean and also that applies well, That to- impacts
1: your hormonal fluctuations right and even yeah, sex but- struggle over the months for women
0: yeah but a lot of things impact your mood on a day-to-day basis and what decision you would make today versus what decision you'd make tomorrow can be markedly different and I don't think it comes down solely to like might be a contributing factor for some people oh yeah although Emma that would explain a lot about you
1: (laughs) (laughs) well why (laughs) I dated men to be fair I I dated men the whole time that I was on birth control
0: did you you really you really really maybe I was
1: suppressing my sexuality with There you go. Bold claim. Um, Okay, carry And men
0: everywhere are now going to start trying to convince you to go back on birth control.
1: Do you know what? Everyone is probably a lesbian, but you're just taking (laughs) too much hormonal contraception to realise.
0: I mean, yeah, fair to say. I feel like I started being attracted to women when I came off contraception. Maybe this is a thing.
1: Hey, maybe that's a thing. Everyone come off and try it. Um, (laughs) I'll try American. be gay <laughs> isn't there a beautiful japanese phrase that literally translates as lonely mouth to describe that feeling yeah i think there is oh oh okay Kanchan's just said it but obviously i won't be able to read this it's something like "kuchishabashi." ishabashi yeah nailed it <laughs> <laughs> other than vitamin d are there any other vitamins that you would recommend b12 if you're vegan for sure yeah
0: see bit c um i would recommend taking but you know you don't need to go for one of the high strength mental ones just or even just having a glass of orange juice every day with breakfast will do the trick
1: yeah or even better an actual orange yes Mm. and it'll fill you up more as well okay liz yes i put on a few hundred grams today before ec method i'd have gone i have got really fed up and assumed it was because i ate 1850 calories yesterday rather than 1800 calories yesterday and uh, yeah if only like the measures were that accurate and would have assumed i need to starve myself to lose weight which would then make me binge starve binge and give up now post ec i know it's not important and it's just a number to type into a chart and ignore yes see this is where we want you all to get to and i guess this is what i meant by there was still that initial oh i've gone up a little bit oh like but then you're like how did I used to respond versus how I respond now and then you're moving on with your life like that is where we want you to get well done Liz um and jolly I was hesitant about taking creatine too but honestly think my brain is functioning better with it I forgot to take it with me on a four day trip and I felt the difference in reverse. I'm definitely a convert. I've convinced my husband to give it a go too. Now he eats very little meat and I'm pescatarian. I stupidly bought a flavored one, but it's so artificially sweet. So recommend unflavored as more versatile. Yeah. I just get unflavored as well.
0: Yeah. I didn't even know flavored was a thing until like someone on the ET
1: method put it up and I was like, Ooh, Mm -hmm um how do we check in is the tracking just for us or do you view it too so everything on my PC hub is just for you we just put the workouts up there you can use it as a little hub for yourself people tend to like that because if you don't want us to see the progress photos we won't look unless you want us to look that's completely personal your space every sunday you will get a self-assessment form and then go that forces you to review your week see what went well see what didn't go so well see how you can improve the next week and then anything that comes up there that you want to ask us about, just post in the group. Anything else to add? No. Um, if I do other gym sessions alongside your gym workouts, such as body pump, does that negate or impact the benefits? I know you've talked about it a little already and for us to do what works, but just eating, what, just eating to check, I think just wanting to check. If it has any negative, negative impact, I, I was unsure after I listened to Monday's live.
0: No, it won't have a negative impact. I would do it on, fact, I would make sure you're getting in Emma's um, push-pull leg every week. And I would do your body pump on other days. And I would also make sure that you have one to two full rest days a week. And um, and aside from that, it's fine. Totally fine.
1: Yeah, agreed. Um, okay, right, we're up to date.
0: Okay then, well, I might have to leave because I've left my baby with my mother <laughs> alone for over an hour now, and I really don't know what's going on. Okay, well, um, when are we back Monday? Monday, I think. Let me have a quick look. I'm I'm going to go eat.
1: So okay, much food. We'll, we'll um we'll post in the group.
0: Yeah, we'll post in the group. Um, but I think if we are back on Monday, it'll be later in the day. Okay, bye.